Awesome. All right. Well, um, it's your time. I felt that this was a, a word that I wanted to bring. Who here last week uh, went to... Uh, well, last week on the Sunday we finished it, but it was the week before actually we had the Arise Conference. Who actually attended the Arise Conference? Just put up your hand. Good. Well, I felt the Lord say after Dr. Kathy, who ministered here on Sunday, it was a great um, touch of God in this place, that the Lord wanted to bring a word to our church kind of to, to complement that and to help us to stay in that place of moving forward. And so the Lord's asked me to call it, It's Your Time. And so the first, there's kind of like two parts to this word today, if you're taking notes. The first part is all about the fact that there are different seasons. And uh, it's important for us to understand the different types of seasons that we're in. So we know how to move with the Lord, how we surrender with the Lord, how we can submit to the Lord and what's happening in that due season. And the second part that I want to talk about is that it doesn't really matter what season we're in. It's important to recognize the season, but it doesn't matter what conditions we're facing. That's still in any type of season that we're going to look at, that the favor of the Lord still is designed to rest upon you and to work with you in that particular season. doesn't matter what your eyes can see. doesn't matter what the conditions are in front of you. The, the, the favor of the Lord is designed to work with you in different types of seasons. So... um. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you, Lord, that you love them unconditionally. I thank you, Father, that you continue to pursue, Lord, for the people, and you pursue after them, and you chase after them. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing is here, and I pray, Lord, that you would illuminate the word in people's hearts this morning. Father, strengthen us through your word. Encourage us through your word, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, there are parts of our lives, Lord, that if they need to be cut away, cut those away, and areas that need to be built up through your word. I pray your anointing do a great work today in people's lives, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is three keys to handling different seasons in your life. And I wanted to start with Ecclesiastes, which is a great book, a book of wisdom, uh, and chapter 13 And there's various verses that particularly talk about times and seasons, but I want you to write this down so you can do some study during the week. Ecclesiastes chapter 13, verses 1 to 8, and it's a well-known particular portion of Scripture, and it's summed up in this opening verse in verse 1. It says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Let me read that again. To everything. Everyone say everything. There is a season. Everyone say season. A time for every purpose under heaven. So God created these cycles of not only day and night and also years and seasons. In Genesis 1-4, it talks about these cycles that God creates. So, so our time, even though time does run in a linear fashion, the way that God moves is that things aren't necessarily just straightforward linear. They're actually run or designed in cycles. And as a people of God... Uh, As we get more and more used to understanding how God moves, that He moves in seasons, that enables us to better align to the way that God moves and to be for us to be in the right timing, for us to make the right decisions, for us to be able to surrender to the move of God in the way that He's moving. And what I found in my own life is when you can learn more and more to align to what God's doing in this particular season, you'll see more fruit that comes from what God's doing in that season, whether that's a flowing season and there's a lot of breakthrough and there's fun times or whether it's a hard season and we have to kind of uh, pull down the hatches and buckle in and, and 
persist and, and persevere and, and, uh, and break through that way. So God created the natural cycles of day and night, years, and the seasons. In Genesis 1-4, then God said, Let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And so God, even right at the beginning, when He, when he created the world, He created the world to run that even though time runs linear, that, that the world actually runs in cycles and the way that he's created things, even the way that we live life here is through seasons. So life doesn't proceed in a linear fashion. Even though time actually clicks on and goes on, it doesn't, our life doesn't proceed in linear fashion. And this is really important for us to understand. It moves in seasons. And it moves in what I call cyclical rhythms. Okay, so there's cycles there's patterns. There's things that I know for myself, one particular pattern I've, I've talked about before, but one pattern that when the Lord started to teach me this pattern in my life, season upon season, it helped me to understand, okay, where am I now? What should I expect? And one of the, the, the patterns that I've noticed is that God will bring you into a seed season first, where there may be a new vision, a new idea, a new goal, something new that God is trying to illuminate in your heart for you to focus on, pray about, get that vision in your heart, chase after, start to plan, start to pursue. And then God will actually bring you into a season where you're actually doing a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. So you're moving out of seed uh, phase into planting phase. And it's, it's planting and it's planting and it's hard work and it's push, push, go, go, go. Obviously, you want to invite the Lord into that because otherwise then we move into strife. And it's, it's planting and it's planting and you get dirty and you sweat and it's just hard work. And then you move out of that season into a harvest season where you start to see the fruitfulness that comes from it. And you start to reap the benefits of that season. And then, interestingly, I see a season where you're allowed to, where the Lord actually encourages you to take a moment, take a time period, a season, to enjoy what I call the spoils. A lot of times I've talked before that I've seen men and women of God, they tire from season to season because sometimes they skip season four. And season four is where you actually should just enjoy the reaping that's taken place, the harvest. Actually take time to be content, take time to actually just sit down and breathe in, breathe out and say, wow, the breakthroughs come. This is great. This is awesome. So you can celebrate the moment of reaping the harvest. And then what that does is that rests you. It rests your mind. It rests your soul. You can enjoy. You can celebrate moments. And then it prepares you for the next season after that, which will be another seed season. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down season number one is seed season. Season number two is planting. Season number three is harvest or reaping. And a part of that kind of expands into that time of rest. And what's interesting, though, and what sometimes makes it a little bit more difficult to manage, we were talking about resource management before, is that you'll find that some cycles are running differently than other cycles depending on different areas of your life. So your, the relationship sphere of your world, the seasons or the cycles of seasons around how you're relating with people and how relationships are developing, how some relationships are dying in your life, how new relationships come. Relationally, sometimes we're in a different type of part of that cycle compared to our finances, compared to our work, compared to our health, all these different, even the way that we're relating to the Lord, how we're spending time in the Word, spending time with the Lord. Even Dr. Kathy 
at our conference, our guest speaker from the U.S. was talking about the importance that sometimes Christians get fixated just on one revelation, and they wonder why that revelation that they started to live on two years ago is starting to frustrate them, because the Lord may have given you a revelation two years ago how it was important for you to press into worship, and, and worship was a big key for you to break through. But if we just hold on to that old revelation, we don't come into a new thing where the Lord may be now uh, encouraging you to go into the Word, or encouraging you to uh, to have some more time in prayer, that the Lord is always, as a shepherd, guiding us to new places, new pastures. So He's trying to get us to always feed on something fresh, something new. And so God Himself, Jesus, as the analogy of the shepherd, is always about positioning us to that place where we're learning, we're growing, we're being nurtured, we're being nourished from season to season. And so God has created these natural cycles. So life doesn't proceed in a linear fashion. It moves in seasons, cyclical rhythms. Different responses are needed in different seasons. What is right for one season may be inappropriate or unnecessary in another. And that's where the Lord wants to bring this teaching today in that it's your time. Well, the good news is, is that even though that's type like a prophetic type of title, it's your time. Can I say this? It's actually always your time. See, if you're having a hard season right now, it's still your time. There's an opportunity in that tough season for you to actually find something that's going to grow you, establish you, enable you, uh, help you to be a bigger and more productive, fruitful person than you were a year ago. If you're having such an amazing breakthrough season, right? I call it the, I nickname it, if it's a breakthrough season for me, I nickname it a honeymoon season. I know when I got married, I mean, it was amazing. We got married, went into honeymoon. It was just like everything was just so good. It was just, you know, contentment. Everything was breakthrough. And so who knows that we don't always have honeymoon seasons? Who knows sometimes we wish we did, right? Or we're praying for the honeymoon season. But sometimes the honeymoon season only comes when we've actually spent time in a season where we've had to work really hard or we've had to really pray and press in. And so there's these cycles that take place. In Psalm 1, chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Everyone say each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. What I love about that particular scripture is it says that we can prosper and we can be fruitful in all different types of seasons. And so the revelation that I want you to catch today is wherever you are, Whenever you are, in whatever place, season, cycle of your life, it's your time. It is your time, meaning that, and I, I'm, I'm strategically preaching this today because this is the second Sunday of quarter two. And quarter two, what's interesting about this particular quarter is usually we would have Easter around now. So usually we'd have our long weekend kind of around now, but it came a little bit early. Who, who's noticed just lately it's feeling a bit warmer than it usually is this time of year? Anyone noticed? Okay, well, I was in, in, in London in February, and they said their winter has actually come a whole month late as well. So it's like globally, everything's kind of like a month off in terms of temperatures. So what's interesting about quarter two, typically... As a pastor, and even as someone who's like a coach in the marketplace, 
I am fascinated to watch how seasons really do psychically impact on people's lives, whether it's to do with their family, whether it's to do with just their, their private world, or whether it's to do with their public world. Time and time, year upon year upon year, it fascinates me without failure that you can see similar patterns. For example, in the corporate world when I'm coaching people, I know around this type of year, this time of year right now, particularly if, if they're in Australia, and we started a coaching program, say, the beginning of January, around now is when they're going to start to be tempted to not attend their coaching. They're going to be start to be attempted to give excuses. Excuses like, oh, I didn't get the work done, or I didn't have time, I didn't have time to do the reading, or I didn't have time. And I look for that because I know that about this time into the year, people are starting to get a little bit tired. It's not as exciting as it was, you know, early January, where it's just after New Year's and everyone's fresh with their new goals and excited and invigorated and, and focusing on the new thing. We're getting into quarter two, and so kind of like the shine comes off our new yearly goals, and we start to get a bit tired and we start to get a bit annoyed and we can start to make choices that kind of fall back into our old habits. For example, right about now is usually the time if I started a fitness program at the beginning of the year is right about now is when I start to get more tempted to pop into KFC drive through so can I, can I tell you personally, I have this thing in my headspace right now, which is KFC is evil, okay? And my car is not allowed to go anywhere near an entry to a drive through at KFC. Now, can I tell you, though, more so than ever this year, because I've been able to have some good fruitfulness in my own personal fitness program since the beginning of the year, I have used these cycles and these seasons of my own self to know that I've got very clear boundaries because I want to prevent me falling into the trap of the old habits that come psychically in my mind and the things that tempt me in my flesh. Can I tell you that even in a daily basis, we know that from a pastoral point of view, that typically uh, people, uh, when they have more arguments in marriages, it's usually at the at the particular time of the week when they're tired and they've had less sleep and uh, they start to get short with each other and irritable. And so usually, I know with Sarah and I, we've learned in our marriage, because I like to talk about things for a long period of time. I like to have pillow talk where we kind of late at night, we lay down and we just talk about life. Just the other night, I was having this conversation with Sarah, and I said, so what did you think? And I kind of set that up with like a paragraph of about two minutes of like, and what do you think? I kind of like passed the ball to Sarah. And now, for those of you who don't know the difference between Sarah and I, I kind of talk before I speak. Lord's kind of put more wisdom in my life. No, yeah, I, I talk before I think, sorry naturally and so I'm a little bit wiser than I used to be but usually for me to answer something or talk about life I mean I can just go whereas no Sarah likes a little bit more process time okay so I kind of handballed this question to her pillow talk late at night Zara's asleep and I'm trying to be the patient husband okay she's still processing I'm just lying there and it's pitch black dark I think, you know, don't say anything because usually I say something too soon and she gets annoyed because she's like, just give me time. So I'm just lying there. She's processing. She's processing. And then I think, hang on a second. She's not processing. She's falling asleep. (laughs) The point to this story is, is I've learned... That sometimes if I want to have a really great, deep, meaningful conversation with my wife, I need to do it earlier in the day 
because she just starts to really, right, late at night. She gets tired. Um, she's more of an early morning person. I'm more of a late morning, late evening talker. So I, I know, you know, there's little cycles, you know, we talk about even when I do coaching in the marketplace, when I'm helping people to improve their performance at work, I say to them, you know, sometimes I work with salespeople and I say, so what are the cycles? Usually, you know, when do you start to hit the ceiling? When you start to hit um, a, a place where you're feeling like you, you just want to stay home and eat pizza and watch Oprah for a couple of days. You kind of want to have some mental health days. When are those times of the year when you feel like maybe you should prepare around that? You know, so there's cycles. Sometimes we talk about even their day. When are the times when you feel tempted just to, you know, stop working and, and go into the kitchen and have a bit of a, a yak to your colleague and have a bit of a coffee and and just zone out. Let's, let's work out these natural kind of cycles. And so these cycles actually happen in micro moments throughout the day. You'll usually find that maybe you're more of a morning person. Maybe you're more of an evening person. These cycles at a macro level can actually be rhythmic throughout life. There are certain months of the year where you'll find that you're more energetic, you're more upbeat, you're more positive, you're more feeling like, yes, with God, you can run with things. There'll be other times of the months of the year where you'll feel more down, more frustrated. Your headspace needs to be really managed with the Word of God because if you're not careful, something can come in, a disappointment, and you can start to unravel mentally and start to feel like you know, you're getting frustrated, you're getting annoyed, you're about to snap, you're about to get angry. And so all of these cycles and rhythms, it's good for us to analyze and get an understanding of how we why, but also as a man and woman of God, how we're responding to the natural cycles of the Lord. And so in Psalm 1-3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper all in all that they do. So think of some of the characteristics of each of these four seasons. Think about summer. There are, there are times of your life when you're encountering spiritual summer. Let's look at summer. Summer is a time of harvest, a time of joy, holidays, rest and recreation, storing up for the future but also in summer comes dryness and scorching excuse me and scorching heat we enjoy summer but we need the other seasons to what to sustain life autumn there are times in your life when you're going to have spiritual autumns and autumn is a time where winds of change blow through your life sometimes you will feel unsettled uncertain the ground feels like it's shifting There'll be cultivation of the ground in preparation for the season to come. There may be times of pruning during your autumn spiritual seasons. Things seem to be cooling down or even dying off a little. What about winter? There'll be moments when you'll have spiritual winters in your life, where sometimes you'll feel like there's a bit of barrenness or sometimes a, a, a darkness where you're not quite sure where you're going and what's going on and where's God in this situation. Uh, you'll feel like sometimes there's no evident life in particular areas where you feel like there are things that are dormant or you know, there's, there's lacking fruitfulness. Things may seem to be at a halt. Maybe there's a lack of apparent progress. Growth is hidden. You're in a valley. Things don't feel as exciting as they used to. A time of introspection and internal searching usually takes place. We know the analogy of bears, that they hibernate. They're, you know, they're in deep sleep. They're pondering and they're thinking. And there's also times of spring. Everyone say spring. All right. Now, I think sometimes as Christians, we're always hoping and praying that we're always living in spiritual spring. Okay, we wonder why. You know, where is Jesus when we're not in spring? 
You know, the spiritual spring is new life, breakthrough, growth, emerging fruit, productivity, passion, reignited, sowing seed, new dreams and visions, movement, rapid change. Who likes that season? Right? Who likes fruit? Right? Fruit tastes good. So there's nothing wrong in wanting to see springtime spiritual in your life. But what will enable you to run this mighty marathon that the Lord says in the Bible, that this is a marathon. This walk with Christ is a marathon. We need perseverance and persistence, and we need to discern the timings and seasons of our world. Who agrees with that? So I want to talk about three keys to handling different seasons in your life. If you're taking notes, the first key is to submit to the season you're in. Write that down for me if you're taking notes. Submit to the season you're in. In Job 38, verse 32, it says, Can you direct the sequence of the seasons? No, we can't change the seasons. Their thing is beyond our control. So really when it comes to the book of Job, when you read about Job, it's a fascinating story because he can't control the seasons. A lot of things are going on where it's, it's like he's exploring winter. Things are dying off. These circumstances around him are not fun. And so he's going through a spiritual winter. But the key for Job is he submits to the season. He understands that God ultimately is in control. Is it easy? No. But when he comes to that, that particular place in the book where he sub- submits the season to God, then he actually starts to cope and he starts to be able to, to get through it powerfully. So I want you to just ask yourself right now, what is the Lord doing right now in your life? You don't have to answer that out loud, but just Ask yourself in your headspace right now, what is the Lord doing in your life right now? Even why don't you ask the Lord as you're sitting here, what season does he have you in? And what I think really helps is, even if you can see evidence of hardship in your world, even if you can see some difficulties, even if, you can, if you're sensing frustrations, the first key to actually being able to get through that season in a fruitful way, to actually grow from it, is to submit to the season. Submit to the Lord in that season. It doesn't mean that you're defeated and you're giving up because you're seeing hardships, but you submit to the Lord in that season because what we realize is there are some things that God takes us through because as we go through those things, then new things get birthed in us. Springtime comes because we, we were willing to go through winter. Come on now. New things come because we stayed on track during the winter stage. Can I tell you that sometimes Christians are bought out of their season and they wonder why the season repeats itself. Come on now. The reason why the Lord sometimes takes us through seasons is because there are things that have to birth in us. Job is a perfect example. He actually had to go to a new level of submission to the Lord, a new level of trust, a new level of a dimension of relationship with the Lord, a new level of faith with the Lord. And what helped to bring that forth was him walking through a challenging, difficult season where everything in his life was stripped back. Who knows that we call that pruning? Now, Job is an extreme example of spiritual pruning. I've encountered pruning, and pruning doesn't feel very good. Ow! 
something just got cut off my life. Or, oh, something just died. And sometimes we're waiting for that thing to kind of resurrect. And we can, you know, put our hands towards it and go, please, come back to life. That goal, that dream, that relationship, that thing, whatever it is. Not knowing that the Lord actually wants it to die, because from it will come new life. Something will spring forth out of death. We know that that whole analogy is truth in the Bible, that Jesus Christ had to die on the cross so that actually new life could come as he raised from the dead. Then uh, through the Holy Spirit, he was able to release the power to overcome death and sin through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could only come through first the, the body and the blood that was shed of Jesus Christ had to be broken, had to die, it had to fall. And then through that death came new life, came through the resurrection. So God is into sometimes new things coming forth, but also things dying. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's okay if something's dying in your world right now. Turn to the other person and say, but good news is that from that, a new thing will come. Go on, turn to the other person. So a bit of hope. <laughs> so the first key is that submit to the season you're in. The second key is God is in every season. God is in every season. The word promises that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. God is in every season. I reckon an unhealthy mindset is to believe that God's only in the fruitful seasons. God's only hanging around you when there's breakthrough. Oh, God's obviously here because there's breakthrough. I don't think that's healthy, right? Because God is with you right in the deepest moment of the valley, okay? And sometimes him not being so apparent actually forces you to knock on the door of your heart and to seek him. But the Lord teaches us that those who diligently seek the Lord will be rewarded. Sometimes it's the pursuit of the Lord that brings the breakthrough. And sometimes we're not motivated enough to seek the Lord if everything's peachy keen and always breaking through. So that's why we can't just have a Christian walk called Christian Springtime. Yay, we get to skip through the flowers and say, Jesus loves me everything's peachy keen. We've got to have different seasons because it will actually, getting out of our comfort zone sometimes is the catalyst to motivating us to get on our knees. So God is in every season, even the difficult ones, the times when you feel as if he's far away, even in those times when the daily grind seems never ending. Notice how often we wish it was another time of the year. Have you ever noticed just recently, I heard someone say, oh, I can't wait till autumn because it's been, oh, I'm sick of this heat, right? Well, what about like four or five months ago when you're like, oh, I can't wait till summer comes, get to go to the beach. You know, it's funny, the season you're in, you're always wishing for the next season. I think spiritually that sometimes can be the case as well. Although not when you're right in the middle of breakthrough when it's kind of like liquid honey is just flowing all around you. Right? You're not going, oh, I'm looking forward to when there's barrenness all around me. I don't think that usually happens. <laughs> Are we continually longing for a different season, either from the past or in the future? Or am I learning to choose to be content with where God's got me right now? In Matthew 6.11, when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, he is talking about having a daily reliance on God. God has a way of anchoring us to the present. 
Seek him out every day and it will help you to navigate through the season that he has you in. It'll help you to be content, but always pressing forward through the season to the next thing. Can I tell you that this has been a, a massive key for me, is uh, learning to have that balance between being content, but also, you know, keeping my eyes and my ears open for where the Holy Spirit's leading myself and our family. So he's talking about having a daily reliance on God. God has a way of anchoring us to the present. Seek him out every day and tap into his strength no matter what difficulties, no no matter what hardships you're facing. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep pressing in. Don't let that be based on circumstances. He is there just as much in the winter. Even when we can't seem to find him there, he is there just as much in the winter. So I want to encourage you that it doesn't matter what season you're going through. See, right now you could be sitting here going, oh, this is an awesome word because I'm right in the middle of springtime. Yep, I love this season. But it doesn't matter who you are, there will, all, there will be all of these four seasons happening all the time in your world and in your life. And can I say this to you? Like, I've learned this. Don't get too comfortable, even if you're in a good season. <laughs> Because sometimes it's your comfortableness. It's like the Lord says to be on guard all the time. Because the enemy is like a roving lion, like a rogue lion, wanting to devour you, wanting to take, you know. And, and so it's important to understand we put our trust in the Lord. And when I, I'm not a big believer in focusing too much on what the enemy's doing. Because sometimes I believe if what you focus on is what you attract. These Christians that spend too much time in spiritual warfare, usually the people that have lots of troubles in their life. Have you ever noticed that? Come on now. Because I believe that when we spend time on God, who is our all-conqueror, and we spend time in His Word and His presence, then our mind is fixated on being in a place of victory. Yes, we have to be mindful of the work of the enemy, and we have to sometimes be in moments of spiritual warfare. But if we get too obsessed with spiritual warfare, usually it's because we're spending too much time focusing on the devil and not spending enough time focusing on God Himself. Come on now. So... I think it is important to know what the enemy is doing and to keep mindful. But in terms of seasonal balance, also focus on the Lord. God is in every season. The third key here is every season has a purpose. Everyone say purpose. So looking back, you can often see that you have learned and you have grown from a particular season, even if it was a hard time. And so seasons apply to every area of life, developing the ability to recognize what season we're in and doing our best to remain flexible enough to learn the lessons we need will help us progress onto the next phase that God has for us. In Psalm 1-3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Seasons, I think sometimes can be observed in relationships. Seasons can be observed in what's going on with your finances. In different decades of your life, they can be uh, looked at in our education, our career, different stages of our spiritual growth. So when we look at this third point that every season has a purpose, what I want to encourage you to do is to always look for what's the purpose and what's going on. What can I learn from what I'm going through right now? What can I learn from this autumn season? What can I learn from this winter season? What can I learn from this summer season? What can I learn from this spring season? Where am I at right now with these particular areas of my life and what is the purpose behind what God's doing as he's walking me through this season? 
Everyone just close your eyes. Father, I pray just with this particular part of the word that you just strengthen people here this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, beautiful God. Lord, we just wait on you. Lord, allow your anointing and just your presence, the reality of you, God, just to be here. Just strengthen the inner man of all of us here. Lord, just with your word, Lord, you're teaching us that you're a seasonal God. And I thank you, Lord, that the different seasons that we go through, Lord, there is a purpose. And you're always there with us, even when it feels like you're not there. We thank you, Father, that also, Lord, you're teaching us to submit to the season that we're in. Father, I pray, Lord, that you administer peace and strength and just that warrior spirit to stay in position, even when it's a season that's not as fun as what we'd hoped for. Whenever that comes, thank you, Lord, that you're strengthening your people, that you're continuing to build perseverance, that you're enabling us to have stability and stickability. I thank you, Lord, that you did say when the storms would come. I thank you, Lord, that we are called to be overcomers. I thank you, Lord, that as we continue to walk from season into the next season and into the next season, Lord, you're continually establishing that overcoming spirit in all of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just this young man here. Sorry, I forgot your name. Toby, you can just stay seated there. I just had a word for you of encouragement. Just put our hands towards Toby this morning. Just hear the Lord wanted to encourage you, Toby. Felt that he wanted you to know that he's seen the seasons of your life. And even though there's been times when you felt like you haven't really been close to the Lord, there's been times when you felt like you have. Hear that the Spirit of the Lord would say to you that I've never left you. I've always been with you. And I hear God saying this. That from today, he's wanting to strengthen you on the inside. I hear the Lord say there's been times when sometimes in your world you've relied on your own physical strength. And sometimes even just the strength of your heart, like the toughness. But I hear the Lord say that through life, through particularly some challenging seasons, that because of that physical and heart toughness, there's been a hardness that's come in at times in your life. And it's been enabled you to survive it's been enable you to kind of stick through things and just stay alive. But I hear the Lord saying that today he's wanting to start a transition in your walk. And I hear the Lord saying that he's wanting to help you to transition from survival into overcoming and being victorious. I hear the Lord say that he's releasing a key into your world, and that is relationship with him. I hear the Lord saying that sometimes there's been times when people have tried to put religion upon you. They tried to put kind of like these rules and that the only way that you're, you're allowed to or you're qualified to relate to the Lord is how well you tick the boxes of these rules. And they hear the Lord saying that he's actually wanting to break that off. He's saying that's not true. He's saying, come as you are and I want to pour my, my life into you, says the Lord. I want to pour my truth into you, my word into you. And I hear the Lord saying that you are destined to be a warrior and you're destined to be a man of victory. You're destined to be someone who's an overcomer. 
And I hear the Lord say that even though there'll still be seasons, whether it'll be the autumn and the summer and the winter and the spring, I hear the Lord inviting you today to come closer to him, to actually come close to him, to partner with him. Because I hear God saying that as you partner with him, as you connect with him, as, he, as you come close to him, he's going to teach you and he's going to guide you. But I just keep hearing the word strength. He's going to strengthen the inner man of you. And I hear the Lord say that even though you're physically strong and even though you've kind of faced life, I hear the Lord say that as he continues to build the strength in you, you're going to be able to go to a whole new place and level of life. I hear the Lord say that he wants to bring a whole new fruitfulness to you. I just feel just that, you know, the Bible says just to, to lay hands, and I'm just going to just lay my hand on your shoulder, brother. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you just pour in your presence, Jesus. I just feel to ask you, have you ever given your heart to the Lord before? Years ago. I hear the Lord saying, do you want to recommit your life today? Yeah, awesome. Brother, just hold my hand. Just say this simple prayer after me. Dear God, I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. Today, Jesus, I invite you into my heart in a new way. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. And God, partner with me. Strengthen me. And take me to a brand new place of fruitfulness in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a round of applause. Awesome. Well, I just, you know, as I was praying for you, I just saw like a, just a powerful, like, like a forest, just of strength and fruitfulness. So awesome. Well, what I'm going to encourage you to do is just connect with some of our team. We've got a, actually, do we have a welcome pack we can just give um, our new friend here? One of our host team, if I can get one of our host or service team. We just got a, a pack for you. Okay, awesome. So <clears throat> who believes that God is a God of seasons? He's a God of seasons. I want to encourage you. Let's just come into the second part of the word. And I want to encourage you also about the favor of the Lord. Can I get everyone to say the favor of God? God's favor. God's favor. Because God is in every season with you. His favor, he carries his favor with him to be upon you for the due season that you're in. And this is what's important. This is why we're not led by our emotions and feelings. Dr. Kathy was talking about it's important not to be you know, led by our soul. We have to be led by our spirit because what's great about our spirit is when we're actually led by the Holy Spirit and we, we listen to our own spirit responding to the Holy Spirit, we can actually discern, we can sense what God's doing. And so your soul sometimes actually lies to you. Did you know that? Did you know that? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your own will, your own stubbornness, your own sense of decisiveness, your mind, what you're thinking, and your emotions, okay? That's what we talk about, about your soul. Sometimes people, you know, uh, they, they don't separate the soul and, and spirit. And so what's important about the spirit is, is that your soul could be going through a storm. 
You could be seeing all these different frustrations in your world, but yet the Spirit of God can speak to your spirit and minister peace to your spirit so that by being led by your spirit, you can still stay in that place of absolute peace even though there's a storm happening around you. And I want to let you know also that the favor of God is in position with God, as in God actually wants to minister his favor upon you in due seasons. That's why it's important for us to believe and to know the truth that God never leaves us and never forsakes us. And so God's favor in the Bible, no matter what season it is, God is with us and his favor is upon us. We see many instances of the favor of God resting on people's lives in the Bible. And whenever this happened, their lives changed for the better. Now, at times, we can make decisions, right, where we feel separated from God. The good thing is, is by the grace of God, and when we repent, we turn back to God, and then the separation actually uh, no longer happens, and as long as we have this repentant lifestyle. So I am a big believer in the grace of God. I'm a big believer in the favor of God, but also Kathy was talking about just last week and the importance of balancing that with the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is actually just healthy respect. Uh, one of my great spiritual mentors, Prophet Greg, he always is encouraging me to daily have a repentant life. And that is, it's just, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been with God, every day you just have some prayer time with the Lord saying, hey, you know what, God, I'm sorry about the things that I, mistakes I made today, and I'm sorry about the things that I don't even realize that I may have made some sins. So just keep that repentant lifestyle happening with the Lord. Because when it comes to the grace, the grace of God is something that we should enjoy, but it's not something that we should abuse. Who believes that? It's not something that we should abuse. It's something that we should enjoy. And so a healthy reverence for the Lord, just to respect for the Lord. You think about it. You think about when someone's really disrespected you. You think about when they're really disrespected. They haven't really kind of cared about anything. They've just disrespected you. All right? How does that make you feel? Makes you feel like you're being taken advantage of, doesn't it? And so what's important about God is... Even if we've taken advantage of his grace, the reality is, is this, he has grace to forgive us even if we've taken advantage of it, which is a good thing. But I want to encourage you here. It's important to have a balance around understanding that the favor of God upon your life is there to help you in particular seasons. But we can't just have a nonchalant kind of a, oh yeah, the favor of God. The favor of God is carried by God himself. So it's about being in relationship with the Lord. It doesn't matter. It's not about being perfect, but is it about living a repentant lifestyle of just keeping your heart open to the Lord and saying, hey, God, I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry about that. And that actually keeps you close. Everyone listen. See, sin, the Bible teaches, separates us from God. But it's not a permanent separation as long as we just use who? Jesus Christ. And we have a fresh conversation with Jesus and we say, God, I'm sorry. And then that separation gets destroyed and then God comes close again. Does everyone hear what I'm saying? Another key is the word says that we not only are to ask forgiveness, but we're to forgive other people because when we don't forgive other people, that also separates us from God because a lack of forgiveness is in itself. So what's important here is that I think sometimes people have heard teaching that the favor of God is always upon you and the grace of God is always upon you and that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, God's favor and God's grace will always be upon you. Well, the the reality is, is that that's true as long as we respond to what Jesus Christ has done for us. Everyone say respond. 
okay? So it's about being uh, responding to Jesus. So the ongoing grace and favor of God actually does keep coming on your life and does keep flowing on your life as long as you make sure that you're not what? You're not separate from God because you rely on Christ and you keep that prayer language and conversation saying, God, I'm sorry about this. God, I'm, 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 you know, can you forgive me about this? Just keeping that beautiful prayer language going with God. Because I'm, I'm a person who loves preaching on the favor of God and the grace of God, but I don't like teaching people falsehood. And there is false teaching on the favor of grace of God. And that is you can go and do whatever you want and the grace of God and the favor of God will never be affected in your life. That's false teaching. There are consequences to being separated from God. The reality is, is that you, it's nothing that you have done that can bring you back to God. It's only just by putting your faith in Jesus and just, re- just repenting and relying on what Jesus has done for you. And my amazing friend here just did that in a fresh way. But can I tell you that what he just did... I have to do every single day. You and I have to do that every single day because that's keeping the flow because you and I fall short every day. I mean, I have wrong thoughts. I say sometimes, you know, things to my wife that, you know, not all the time, but, you know, sometimes we have an argument and I say something and I probably shouldn't have said it. I said it in a wrong tone or whatever and she gives me the look or she just falls asleep and <laughs> teaches me a lesson. <laughs> And so I have to repent. Just like you and I, we, all, we have to have a repentant lifestyle. And do you know what I love about that? Is a repentant lifestyle helps you to stay humble. Because, you know, it's nothing about you. It's about what God's done. And the fact that if we just believe in Jesus and we have that repentant conversation all the time, then that means that the grace of God and the favor of God can continue to flow in our life because we are dealing with a separation that happens between us and God because of sin. The way that we're responding. Everyone say responsibility. The word responsibility, I love to just flick it. It means the ability to respond. So even though Jesus has done everything for us, we still have a responsibility. We still have to have the ability to respond to what Jesus does. We still have to have the ability to respond to the grace of God by actually having a repenting heart that separation actually gets dealt with. Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, once you give your heart to Jesus, then, then that's it, the separation. But the reality is, is that we can still make, we have to keep that, we have to keep having that conversation with God. Yes, you're saved and you can go and make mistakes, but who knows that if you never talk to God and relate to God again, then you're going to be separated from God. You've got to keep talking to God. This is why we've got to be a prophetic people. We're going to have a relationship with Jesus. Who knows you can't have a relationship with someone if you're never talking to them. Come on, husbands, who knows if you're not talking to your wife, you know that you're not really got a relationship going on, and then there's going to be separation because you're not going to be allowed to come into the bedroom, right? Come on, husbands. Do I have any husbands in here? All right, don't just make me feel like I'm the only one. All right, good. So, the favor of God. We see many instances of the favor of God resting on people's lives in the Bible, And whenever this happened, their lives changed for the better. And so I want to talk about a couple of key benefits to the favor of God. Let me paraphrase it. I want to talk about also what I'm saying here. What are the benefits of staying in right relationship with God to maintain the grace and the favor upon your life by having a repentant heart ongoingly? 
you hearing what I'm saying? Let's have a look at this. First one is let's look at Noah and his family. I want you to write down the first benefit is favor saves. Favor saves. So because of Noah's steadfast faith, he and his family were favored and given a plan which enabled them to survive a worldwide flood. Who thinks that's favor? So favor saves. That's the first benefit. Second benefit is favor opens doors. I want you to write that down. Favor opens doors. And this was with Joseph. So Joseph was sold by his, his brothers as a slave. He was framed for adultery. And he was left to languish into a, into a vile prison cell for years despite his innocence. Who thinks that that might be a winter season? <laughs> Joseph maintained, though, his steadfast faith throughout some of the worst circumstances imaginable, the Bible teaches. And Jacob emerged from this difficult time to eventually become one of the most highly regarded officials in Egypt, the second most powerful man of authority in a nation called Egypt, and to rescue his family from famine. Now, in Genesis 39, verse 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So he was right in the middle of a winter season. He was, he was accused of adultery, which he didn't commit. He was put into prison. I mean, it was wintertime. But the Bible teaches that the favor of God was still upon him. Even though, who knows that it, it wouldn't have looked like the favor of God was on him. Come on now. And so there are times and seasons when we feel like, you know, What's going on? But I want to encourage you that the Lord never leaves you, never forsakes you. Never forsakes you. Can I say this to you? If you can get this into your heart, it has helped Sarah and I get through the, the, the biggest storms, through some of the, the greatest struggles in our world as we've been pursuing things for God, is to know that God is right in the middle of the storm. And even though the storm may not cease right there and then, there may be some ongoing things to deal with, that God stay repentant, stay humble, and the Lord will help you through it because His favor is upon you. Samuel. In Samuel, we learn that favor attracts. Everyone say, favor attracts. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Another benefit is that favor promotes. Everyone say favor promotes. We look at David. David knew God's favor from an early age. He was anointed to become king as a youth, even though at first when his father was asked to gather all his sons before the prophet, David was totally overlooked. I mean, that is a massive example of rejection. Can I tell you? that sometimes you're going to experience great levels of rejection in your life. You're going, to look, you're going to look, feel completely overlooked. Sometimes you're going to feel overwhelmed with how much you've been overlooked. But can I tell you, sometimes the, the darkest point of that valley in a winter season of rejection, can I tell you, usually there's a sign if you're at a winter season as you're experiencing some level of rejection at work, relationally, whatever it is. Can I tell you that the darkest, deepest moment of rejection usually is a starting point where God starts to birth something within you. I 
And usually it's got something to do with resilience. Again, during conference last week, we heard about the importance of having tough skin, but having a soft heart. The next benefit is favour protects Psalm 37. Your favour, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Favour protects. Next one is favour covers. I'm going to ask the complete music team to come. Favour covers. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favour as with a shield. The favour of the Lord is upon you in due season because he needs to cover you. He needs to shield you. He needs to shield you sometimes from accusation. He needs to shield you from uh, those depressive thoughts that sometimes can be like a whirlwind on the inside because all these things are happening. The Lord's favour wants to shield you. The next benefit is favour helps. Everyone say helps. Psalm 106.4, remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people, come near and rescue me. The next benefit is favor brings influence. Esther was a great example of this. In Esther chapter 7 verse 3, Queen Esther replied, if I have found favor with the king and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. And that request was granted by the king in that particular story. When it looked like there was going to be no way that the situation of the people of God could be turned around. At that particular moment, in that time of season, where it looked like it was winter, when there was barrenness, and the people of God were held back from promise, there was no sign of breakthrough. It was right in the middle of winter, and yet Queen Esther granted, asked for a grant from the king at that time, and it was a favor of the Lord upon her, the Bible teaches. Sometimes I've mentored people in the marketplace that are in such a challenging time in the workplace where it's like nothing that they do seems to ever be recognized. And I've encouraged them. I said, you know what? Hold on. Because God is with you. And the favor of the Lord is upon you. Look to Him. Trust Him. And use this as an opportunity to activate your faith. Pray. Pray. For God to intervene, pray for God to move, pray for the favor of the Lord that is upon you to become evident right in the middle of that winter season. I've seen some amazing things. I've seen a CEO of a company that was the catalyst for just keeping this one person without an opportunity to promote, just because they found out that they were a Christian and they didn't like them. And they set up teams and they set up structures to hold this person back. And I've seen this person in that place of rejection stand on their faith that God favored them. And just to pray, God, do something. 
help me in my time of need. I've seen a CEO like that who had been with that company for like over 15 years. Be moved out of position like that. In response to this one person just believing God. And I can tell you, I can't go into the whole story, but it wasn't a coincidence. I want to encourage you, church, that God is in every single season that you're in. Hold on. Look to God. It says here that favor brings recognition. Great example, the best example in the Bible, Jesus. In Luke 2:52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. The early church in the book of Acts. Favor also brings growth. Acts 2:46 to seven, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, and as they should, they were saved. I'm just going to ask everyone just to stand, just as we come to a close. You know, in my life, I've seen many doors shut, doors that I thought would be open, doors that I thought that I'd walk through. I've seen doors shut. I've seen doors shut, and the key gets yanked out, gets thrown away, gets lost. The lock gets super glued, and there's no way. In those moments, sometimes I've thought, what's going on? And a couple of seasons beyond... I've gone through another door that God's opened and I've looked back and I've looked on the other side of that door that God shut that I couldn't go through. And I see why the Lord shut that door because he didn't want me to walk into something that would have held me back. This is why we have to trust the Lord because sometimes we try to do life in our own understanding. Can I tell you in a fresh way, whoever needs to hear this, that the Lord absolutely adores you. The heart, the Father heart of God, He absolutely loves you. And there are some things that He'll prevent you from going into because He knows that it's not good for you. There are some relationships that He will prune and that will wither away because He knows that it's not going to be fruitful for you. There are some opportunities in the marketplace that he will close because he knows there's something better for you. What we're going to do is we're going to finish with a song. Before we do that, I just want to pray. I'm going to ask if we could just move this. Pastor Thomas, do you mind? Thanks, Pastor Thomas. I'm going to ask everyone to come to the front in a second. And we're going to finish with... Just a time just to sing to the Lord. But as you're singing to the Lord, I want to encourage you to do this. Just in a fresh way, one of those first keys. I want you, as you worship the Lord, as you finish the service, to submit this season that you're in to the Lord. Just lay it down. 
And in a fresh way say, God, I just submit this season to you. I know that you're in control. And God, I know there's a purpose in this season. But just before we do that, I'm just going to ask everyone just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just like my friend over here, I just want to see if there's anyone else. Just as every head is bowed and eyes are closed, is there anyone else here who would like me to pray for them? To give their heart to the Lord today. If that's you, just while every head is, is bowed and every eye is closed, just, just raise your hand just slightly so I can see and I can pray for you. Anyone else? Beautiful God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your heart. We thank you, Lord, that you're a protector and that you're our guide. We thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to grow and to strengthen us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to be overcomers. So Holy Spirit, have your way this morning as we finish this service. Lord, release a new anointing of strength and resilience. But Lord, above else, we thank you, Lord, when we come into your presence, there's fullness of joy. There's peace that surpasses all understanding. You're a good God. And we put our trust in you. So church, why don't you come to the front? Don't hesitate. We're going to worship a song to finish off. Let's just press into God. Let's focus on him this morning. Thank you to the music team.